Alonzo Bowden, and welcome back to Who's Paying Attention, my podcast. I am sorry to the regular subscribers. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last podcast. I've been uh, working. I've been traveling. It's been great, but but I've been a little lax. I enjoyed the Olympics. That was my break from reality, from all this stuff. Man, it was fun. We all had a great time, but okay, Let's get right back to it, whether I want to or not. (laughs) Okay, I think we've all seen the cover of Newsweek magazine, Niall, and I'm probably pronouncing that name wrong, Niall, Niall Ferguson. Obama's got to go. This man has said Obama has not kept any of his campaign promises. He's a horrible president, blah, 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 blah. He must be voted out, and Romney and Ryan are the way to go. Now, I have so many problems with this, but let's start with the good part. The good part is Newsweek printed this. I mean, you know, this is Newsweek is part of the evil left-wing media empire, right? And um, here they have a cover story that is 100% anti-Barack Obama. Now, we, we have to take a look at the guy who wrote this article. Okay, first of all, Ferguson was an advisor to John McCain. Now, the the fact that an advisor to John McCain says that Barack Obama didn't keep any of his promises, I'm not shocked. And, okay, I can't, obviously I can't read the entire article here, but but I'll give you some highlights of what uh, this guy Ferguson is complaining about. In his inaugural address... Obama promised, quote, not only to create new jobs, but to lay a new foundation for growth, build roads and bridges, the electric grids and digital lines that feed our commerce and bind us together. He promised to restore science to to its rightful place and wield technology's wonders to raise healthcare's quality and lower its cost. And he promised to transform our schools and colleges and universities to meet the demands of a new age. And then Ferguson says the president's scorecard and every single one of these bold pledges is pitiful. Now, before we even go into, you know, the fact that every president goes in and makes a great speech like that and a bunch of promises and none of them happen. He doesn't mention the party of no. The, the, the difficult thing about judging Barack Obama as president on any of these things is you have to factor in that the Republican Congress, their policy Their absolute policy is to vote no on any and everything Barack Obama proposes. Any and everything. They automatically vote no, whether it be a budget or, or, you know, buying new pencils or, I I don't know, a stop sign. No, no, no. So, So the fact that Obama didn't achieve these lofty goals, I mean, trying to restore science... With this Republican Congress, (laughs) science, these are people who deny any evidence of global warming and, you know, any evidence, I don't know, that the world is not flat in some cases. So let's get away from that. Okay. First of all, jobs. Okay. Here's another one. Unemployment was supposed to be 6%. Instead, it's 8.2%. Okay. So he hasn't brought unemployment down. Fully. Um, the stock market is up 74%. Now, the interesting thing is Ferguson, 
complains about the Obama administration, and it wasn't really the Obama administration, it was the Democratic Congress, who laid all these new regulations on Wall Street, basically saying, listen, you guys have to follow some rules and you can't just destroy the economy and party on and get rich. And part of the stimulus is you have to pay money back before you give each other a bunch of bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all that socialist crap. And in spite of all that socialism, the stock market is up 74 percent compared to Inauguration Day 2009. Job. Listen, I'm not saying that Obama's done a perfect job. The economy has recovered, but it's recovering very slowly. Healthcare reform. Ferguson says healthcare reform is growing to more than 5% of the gross domestic product today. It'll be 10% in 2037. Now, whenever these guys project what's going to happen 20, 30, 40 years from now, don't believe it because we change administrations. You know, Social Security was supposed to be broke and defunded by now. Um, we were supposed to have flying cars by now in the 60s. Don't have those either. Damn that Kennedy. Where's my flying car? So, you know, whenever they project this far ahead. But I just wanted to bring up the health care costs because this is just one of the things that you're going to see he's so wrong about. It, he's not he's not lying. It's a matter of selective truth. You know, what do they say? There are lies there are damn lies. And then there are statistics. So all of his stuff is based on statistics. And, you know, this Obama did this wrong, did that wrong. Um Okay, again, I'm not going to go through it. Uh, Here's another thing. The core of the Obamacare concept of the individual mandate. The individual mandate was removed from so-called Obamacare. We wanted it. We wanted an option to buy government insurance. We wanted the government to compete with the insurance companies as a way to possibly, possibly rein the insurance companies in. But there is no individual mandate. So the concept of the individual mandate, it, it doesn't exist so uh, he's saying that it's something Obama opposed and and it's Pelosi care and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't even know what that means. That how do you he opposed something that doesn't exist? Hmm, sounds fishy. Hey, that's a broken promise. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna stop right there. China's gross domestic project gross domestic product is expected to surpass America's in 2017. I don't know if I would blame that on Barack Obama or if I would look at more, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when America stopped manufacturing anything, when it became more profitable to rape and pillage other companies and sell them off than to actually build widgets. Oh, that 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 was Obama. He was in charge back in the mid 80s. I remember President Obama in the mid-80s. He was a very young man. Pretty young for a president, but I guess he was in charge. Um, Wow, he even goes after, (laughs) get this, he even goes after the assassination program, okay? Basically, you know, the, the Navy SEALs going after and assassinating bin Laden, the use of drones to assassinate terrorist leaders. He even says that. This is Ferguson. The real crime is that the assassination program destroys potentially crucial intelligence. I guess those are people that we could have tortured. Um, (laughs) And what it means in practice is the abandonment of not only Iraq, but soon Afghanistan, too. Understandably, the men and women who have served there will wonder exactly what their sacrifice was for. 
I think the men and women who served there, and this is so much respect for them, and I've been over there, and I know the conditions were horrible. I think they kind of wondered, why are we going there in the first place? I don't think they're coming home and, you know, blaming Barack Obama for this. I, I vaguely remember when the Iraq and Afghanistan wars started. There was a different administration, and I know, you know what we're going to call them? The administration that shall not be named, because... You can never blame a previous administration. No Republican has ever blamed a previous administration, and therefore Barack Obama should not blame the administration that should not be named. But I do believe that the war started under that administration. This this is amazing. Okay, so I'm just a comedian. I'm just a knucklehead knocking this guy. This guy is a Harvard graduate. Who am I to question Ferguson? How about we get James Fallows? A Harvard alum from the Atlantic magazine, okay? I'm, I'm quoting. An alumnus of Harvard University, where Ferguson is a professor, Fallows, okay, James Fallows from the Atlantic writes that Ferguson's story is so careless and unconvincing that I wonder how he will presume to sit in judgment of the next set of student papers he has to grade. <laughs> that That's coming from a fellow Harvard grad, okay? Um, Andrew Sullivan, okay, a self-described old and good friend of Ferguson. Sullivan writes that Ferguson massively and rather self-evidently distorts the Obama administration's record. Uh, he cries intellectual foul over Ferguson's use of unemployment statistics and job numbers to indict Obama. Uh, Sullivan promises that Ferguson's piece, quote, is so sadly so ridden with errors and Elysians and non sequiturs, it require a few more posts to dissect. And then he goes on. We're not we're not even gonna go in any more than that. Um Okay, here it is. Um Paul Krugman from the New York Times, that left wing media. Krugman accuses Ferguson of misleading readers with the assertion that the Congressional Budget Office found the Affordable Health Care Act would increase the deficit. Ferguson is deliberately misleading readers, conveying the impression that the CBO actually rejected Obama's claim that health care reform is deficit neutral, when in fact the opposite is true. Um... Some people say he should be fired. Um, okay, and here's Ferguson's rebuttal to Krugman's critiques. This is just about the budget thing, and then I'm going to move on. So Ferguson responds, well, the spending insurance portion of the Affordable Care Act did increase the deficit, and I was only referring to the spending side. I wasn't referring to the whole thing. In other words, on the spending side, it increases the deficit, but on the other side, it decreases the deficit. So so in other words, on the whole, it shouldn't cost any money. But he just wanted to use the spending side. So that that's easy. So that's like saying, well, <laughs> I, let's look at it like rebates. You know, let's say something caught. OK, here's a here's a perfect example. I bought some paper from Staples, you know, copy paper. And it was five ninety nine. But you get a five dollar rebate. So the net cost is ninety nine cents. So that's like saying, listen, this paper costs five ninety nine a package. 
$5.99 a package is raising my deficit and not mentioning anything about the rebate so that the paper only actually costs 99 cents. So in other words, Ferguson's full of shit. Did, did I just say that? Yeah, Ferguson's full of shit. Is Obama perfect? No. But, but what Newsweek? What the hell? What happened to fact-checking before you print it? See, this is why the news drives me crazy. Shouldn't you have to fact-check? Didn't um, one of the... Oh, man, what is his name? Fareed Zakaria. uh, And again, sorry for butchering the name, but this guy worked for Time Magazine, okay? Plagiarized parts of an article or just copied them without giving credit either way it's plagiarism suspended by time magazine suspended by cnn just resigned from the yale corporation think tank blah 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 they, apparently there's penalties for plagiarism but no real penalty for just pulling stories out of your ass <laughs> so ferguson shut up it's over it's done the rebuttals are just too numerous to mention, got to move on. Jan Brewer. We love Jan Brewer. Don't <clears throat> don't we all love Jan Brewer? You know Jan. Jan is the governor of Arizona. Jan is the, the woman who has just lost her mind. Okay, so Jan Brewer. The immigration policy, you know, if a child grows up in the United States... Um, doesn't get convicted of any crimes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They can defer deportation and work on citizenship. That's um, they can apply for a work permit. They can basically stay and try to become citizens, except in Arizona, because Jan <laughs> comes up with this executive order saying that they will still be considered undocumented. Okay, even though they have government the documentation, like the the deportation deferral which would be considered documentation in the real world but not to Jan Jan says they will not be considered documented they will not have access to driver's licenses they will not have access to in-state tuition at state colleges and blah 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 listen when when are we going to just give Jan and good old Sheriff Joe from Arizona from Phoenix, their own little country. Let's give them their own country where they can ignore the federal government and just make up rules as they go. The, the, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Arizona, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love you as a state. Your politicians are crazy. Jan, you cannot just say, you know something? I don't like the federal government's laws. I'm going to make up my own. I mean, didn't it, didn't the Supreme court just strike down three out of four parts of your crazy immigration law so now the government and and the government actually tries to compromise basically saying listen kid if you were born in if your parents brought you to the united states you you really like at three years old i know jan i know at three years old you told your parents where you were going to live i understand that but most of us didn't most of us at two or three years old kind of went where the parents went. So your parents snuck into the United States, but you grew up in the United States. You've known no other country as home. You're not getting deported back. And and make no mistake, this only applies to Mexicans. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Those illegal Canadians. Damn it. I'm watching you. Every time the United States gets a little better at hockey, I'm thinking there's an illegal Canadian involved. But I'm the only one watching, and I don't have my own state like Jan does. 
Jan, you're nuts. Stop it. Or get your own country. Okay? Not Arizona, because Arizona is actually a pretty cool state. Maybe we give you a little piece of Arizona. Like, I don't know, somewhere between Tucson and Yuma. We'll just carve out a triangle, and you and Sheriff Joe can build a fence around it and call it yours and make up your own laws. It's, it's kind of like playing Farmville. Yeah, Jen, how about you just play Farmville and stop being a governor? Just sort of make up your own laws in your own little country, and, and you'll have a farm that no immigrants can work on. Wouldn't that make you happy? Woman's nuts. Woman's absolutely nuts. Bat shit crazy okay god bless you jan now on the subject of immigration okay let's uh <laughs> let's go down to alabama and and is it the a states arizona alabama I, what is it okay <laughs> i'm sorry for laughing but but these places are they're out of their mind so uh the u.s court the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals <laughs> upheld the ban from Alabama for checking kids' immigration status. That's right, Alabama schools. <laughs> I can see it now. A seven-year-old heading to second grade. Hey, 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 hey. Slow down, Juan. Got any proof you're an American? Like, you know, all the other American kids like Joe and Betty and, and Ricky... What well, Ricky, that shaky Ricky could be a Mexican. So let's go with Joe and Betty and Arthur. They're carrying ID to prove they're Americans. <laughs> this is killing me. You know something? Show me a kid that is carrying ID to prove he's an American. Well, anyway, the state said you can't do that. You know why? Because we have the right to education. Okay, so that this violates the the constitutional right to education you can't deprive some children of that right just because they look wrong and that's all it's about because alabama is another one of these states okay that has a a law that says basically the police if if you look like you could be illegal the police have a right to check your papers well apparently it doesn't apply to children what is this I, I don't even know what the hell is going on with this. I, I mean, the South, you know, they used to have a saying, the South shall rise again. Let's hope not. Okay. The court also struck down a provision that barred residents and businesses from entering into contracts with people who are in the state illegally. Um The court ruled that the intent of the provision, known as Section 27 of the state's tough immigration law, was forcing undocumented individuals out of Alabama. Now, this is what the court says. To say that Section 27 is extraordinary and unprecedented would be an understatement. In other words, you can't just make up these crazy laws. Okay, stop it. And and what is their thing against education? The right to education. If we talked about the right to to, uh, oh, I don't know, carry a gun to the school. I bet, I bet if an illegal immigrant kid carried a gun to the school, he'd probably have the right to carry the gun, but not the right to the education. You know why? Because we've lost our minds. Let's continue with losing our minds regarding education. Hello, Oklahoma. (laughs) 
Have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? Honestly, this girl, Caitlin Newtbar, soon to be a college freshman on a full scholarship, was a straight-A 4.0 student during her four years at Prague High School in central Oklahoma. Okay? So, when she started, this is what her dad said. When she started school, she wanted to be a nurse. Then she wanted to be a vegetarian. Vegetarian. Then she wanted to be a veterinarian. Sorry, I'm laughing and talking at the same time. You know, I'm recording this at 1.43 in the morning. Maybe I should work in the daytime. So anyway, she was a valedictorian. She did her speech. Somebody asked her, what do you want to do? And she said, how the hell do I know? I've changed my mind so many times, okay? Now, when she submitted the draft to the school officials, the draft of her speech, she wrote, heck. But when she actually said it, she said, how the hell do I know, okay? She went to pick up her diploma. The principal told her she would have to write a letter of apology before he would give her the certificate because she said hell. The valedictorian, 4.0 student for four years, she said, how the hell do I know you will not get a diploma? You know what she should say? Listen, what am I going to do? I'm going to get the hell out of Oklahoma. That's what she needed to say. Get the hell out of Oklahoma. Again, what, what do they have against education? And this one... I can understand because it's not just education. She's also a woman. And boy, they ain't crazy about women. And smart women, we ain't having it down in Oklahoma. Now, what's what's interesting is, uh, you know, what I, I'm not even going to say it. I, I'm done. I'm done. I do not understand this anti-education thing. I, you have to make an apology. I'd be like, I'd be, like the hell? I, I, I'm getting the hell out of here. I ain't staying the hell with you. Thankfully, her father's backing her. Um, they're mentioning, you know, one of the great advantages of living in a free country, a country where we are free to speak. <laughs> you know, apparently that free speech doesn't apply at Prague High School. It's funny what rights apply and what don't. I say it again. You may not have the right to free speech, but you can carry a gun to church. What the hell is wrong with us? That would be my question. All right, here we go. I, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Todd Aiken. We all know Todd Aiken. Todd Aiken is the Republican con- congressman from Missouri who said that, you know, if it's legitimate rape, women don't get pregnant because the female body has ways to shut that whole thing down. You see, ladies, see, there, there it is. If you were legitimately raped, your body would automatically shut down the pregnancy. Therefore, you don't need the right to an abortion. <clears throat> Said that out loud. Yeah, it may cost him his bid for the Senate. It may cost him his bid for being human. What I... I don't understand these guys' hatred of women. And that's the only way I can describe it. Their hatred and desire to control women. Did they not get dates in high school? Uh, I don't know. And do they not have sisters or, or wives or daughters? What At what point... Where does this... I don't even know where this thinking comes from. But, but let's, I'm going to tell you. And it is not just this crazy son of a bitch okay 
on and on. And and I and I know the right wing is outraged. They're always outraged, and I know they love and care about the rights of women as long as they can control those rights of women and tell them what they are. But let's go down a little list of of things, and and we'll notice what they have in common. Okay. So we have Aiken with his legitimate rape. And again, those of you, oh boy, do I hate illegitimate rape. Legitimate rape, that seems to be okay. Yale chapter of the fraternity Delta Kappa Epsilon had, they were marching around the old campus chanting, no means yes. And then they were chanting, yes means anal. No means yes, and yes means anal. This fraternity at Yale University. Um, Who was a member of this fraternity? W. George W. Bush was a member back in the day. But we're going to keep going on. We're going to keep going on, okay? Uh, A Texas Republican gubernatorial nominee. This was back in 1990. If rape is inevitable... Just enjoy it. Now, I remember there was a newscaster in New York who said that back in the 70s when I was a kid, and I didn't even know what it meant, and he was fired so fast, (laughs) he didn't know what hit him. This guy's running for governor. I'm just saying, Republican nominee, okay? If if anyone's offended, later that day he apologized. He said, if anyone's offended by his extremely offensive joke, that he added, it was at a cattle roundup not a Republican women's club. So you can joke about, you know, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Okay, here's another one. Stephen Freund, a Pennsylvania legislator. (laughs) He's got a real doozy. In 1988, during a radio interview, he said the odds of a woman getting pregnant from being raped are one in millions and millions and millions. That is the scientific term, millions and millions and millions. Why? Because the experience causes a woman to secrete a certain secretion. I'm not making this up. To secrete a certain secretion that generally kills sperm. He stood by his claim, even though scientists negated it, okay? Um, Friend went on, friend, friend, whatever, it ain't friend, it's friend. Went on to lose a 1992 Senate race. That was his last venture into state politics. So, him and Aiken went to school together. See, ladies, are you secreting the secret secretion, that magic potion? See, if you're legitimately raped, you need to secrete the secret secretion. Damn it. What's wrong with you women? Okay, let's come. Let's let's move forward. Paul Ryan, and we're going to get to know this guy's name because this is the Republican vice presidential candidate um, laying out conditions for his No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion Act, which he co-sponsored with Aiken in 2011. So, you know, the women, these guys are on your side. (laughs) The bill said taxpayer dollars could only go toward aborting pregnancies that resulted from forcible rape. See, now here's, there's another one. Okay, so you got legitimate rape, and then you have forcible rape. Now, I has there been unforcible rape? Is that when you just gently ask, would you like to be raped? I, I don't even want to joke about it. It's just, 
What the hell is wrong with these people? Again, Republican, 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 Republican. I know, I know. They don't hate women. They love women. And this is an outrage. And they are outraged. Um, here we go. Here's another one. Just to let you know, Aiken, at least Aiken doesn't flip-flop. All right? Romney's changed his mind a few times. Aiken doesn't flip-flop. In 1991... Aiken voted in favor of an anti-marital rape law, but only after raising the issue of whether or not it could be misused, for example, in a really messy divorce as a tool to beat up a husband. You see, ladies, you see, you could just accuse your husband of rape, except that's not raping because that's your husband. So that would be, see, that's probably illegitimate rape when your husband does it. That might be illegitimate. I'm not sure. Or maybe... Maybe that's not forcible rape. I don't know. Okay. Um, Senator Chuck Winder in Idaho when the state Senate was passing a mandatory ultrasound bill. I would hope, this is what he said, this was his argument. I would hope that when a woman goes into a physician with a rape issue, that physician will indeed ask her about perhaps her marriage well, this pregnancy might be caused by normal relations in a marriage, or was it truly caused by rape? See, it wasn't rape, it was your husband, and your husband can't rape you. These guys are horrible, absolutely horrible as humans. Listen, the, the Taliban has nothing on them when it comes to hating women, encouraging abuse of women, uh, laughing off rape as, you know, the old she asked for it routine because she wore a skirt or she wore, wore high heels or maybe she just walked into the room. How, what? I don't get it. The hatred these guys have of women. Do they not have daughters? What if their daughter, what if their daughter's a victim of illegitimate rape? Huh? Then do we let the rapist go? Or, or what if their daughter gets pregnant by that unforceable rape? That's right. What happens then? I'll tell you what happens. It, this is an old boys club. These are rich old white guys. And what they'll do is what they want to go back to is if it happens in my family, we send the kid to Sweden or somewhere in Europe to get an abortion. They're fine. And if it happens in your family and you are not you are not rich, you, you back alley abortions, coat hangers and so on. I travel around the world. Uh, this year I've been in Canada and, you know, I've been to Europe. I've been to so many places on social issues like this, on things like abortion and rape. The United States is so horribly behind the, the, to where these countries honestly don't believe it. They're like, what is going on with your country? How is that even an argument? How can someone running for Senate talk about that? And he's not dropping out. He's going to hang on to it. And he's supported by millions of people. Okay, talking about what is legitimate rape, what is forcible. The vice president of the United States, well, it wasn't forcible rape. It, I know other countries are horrible. They're all dumb, blah, blah, blah. It's America, damn it, some bitch. When are we going to grow up as a nation? When are we going to grow up? Unbelievable. Um, let me lighten up a bit. All right. 
We're getting ready to wind this up. I, I like to lighten up. This is one, any, again, anyone who's listened to me, anyone who knows me, those who are fans, I love and appreciate you. Know that Condoleezza Rice blows my mind. I don't understand Condi for a minute. Condi grew up in like Alabama in the 50s, the most racist state in the most racist time, and has become the most right-wing person. But, but well, slap slap my face. Who is joining Augusta? Who is going to be one of the first two women in the Augusta National Golf Club? Condoleezza Rice and Darla Moore. Darla Moore is a banker from South Carolina. She's from the South. She's rich. And But Condi, right? I didn't even know Condi played golf. I don't know if Condi does play golf. I don't know if Condi knows if Condi plays golf. But damn it, if Condi wants to play around the golf, she can go to Augusta. How about that? A black woman is invited to Augusta and she's in. Man, I hope and God forbid that these women are ever illegitimately raped or 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 unforcibly raped or whatever. and oh what congratulations you know something that's the that's the take I'm gonna put on this damn it congratulations Condi all right <laughs> you you got one I'm gonna give you that you are in Augusta them good old boys had to pick someone and they picked you and and it even though you are Condi you are as right wing as as Dick Cheney it still kills him. Boy, you know Hootie. That to, and a black woman, too. Hootie has to let a black woman play golf at Augusta. Wow. I guess that movie, The Help, worked after all. Congratulations, Condi. Enjoy your golf. Moving on. Yeah, now, how about this? Forbes magazine, okay, which is, by any measure, the barometer of cool. Okay, I mean, you you haven't seen cool till you've seen cool like Forbes magazine. They they would know what cool is, right? They have no idea what cool is. They just said that Houston is the coolest city in America. Let me run that by again. Houston, Texas, the coolest city in America. That's right. Houston, Texas is cooler than L.A. Houston, Texas is cooler than Miami. Houston, Texas is cooler than San Francisco. Houston, Texas is cooler than New York. Houston, Texas, the coolest. And when I say cool, I don't mean weather. I mean like cool, like where you want to be. You know, I haven't seen anyone taking their talents to Houston. I've yet to see that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, here are some of the things they use. Um, seven data points weighed evenly, okay? Entertainment options per capita, other recreational opportunities such as the amount of green space, outdoor activities, number of pro and college sports teams, number of restaurants and bars per capita, blah, 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 median age, favoring a large young adult population. You tell me what day and in what world is Houston cooler than Miami? Houston is cooler than Las Vegas? Young people would rather be in Houston than Las Vegas? Really? Only in Forbes magazine. Get a grip, Forbes. Okay, I can see where L.A. wouldn't be number one. L.A. is number three. L.A. got a lot of problems. Smog, traffic, Kardashians. L.A. might not be the coolest city anymore. But Houston, stop it. Coolest city. You must be out your damn mind. Finally, finally, safety. Because it's all about the children, right? Isn't it always about the children? 
And now we, we always say at some point, it's about the children. Nobody really gives a shit about the children, but we like to say it's about the children. So here it is. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says aftermarket devices are unreliable in detecting kids left in hot cars. Let me say that again. Aftermarket devices are unreliable in detecting kids left in hot cars. You know what should be reliable in detecting kids left in hot cars? Parents. Perhaps parents should be aware that you left your kid in a hot car. What device do you need other than the child itself? I, is that where we're at? Oh, my, well, the, the, I left my kid in there, but, but the thing didn't beep. It didn't beep. So how was I supposed to know I left my child in there? It should be. What, America, have we lost our minds? We're, we're leaving kids in car. It's a shame. It's a horrible shame when people leave their dog in a hot car. But you're leaving your kid in a hot car? And, and your, your device didn't go off? And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has to tell you that they're rating devices to test if you left your kid in a hot car. You know what's funny? People won't leave their iPad in a hot car. That's right, because if your iPad overheats, it won't work. So next time, when you reach in to get your iPad, pull out the kid too. That's all I'm saying. Save the iPad, save the child. This is Alonzo Bowden asking who's paying attention thank you so much for listening have a great week i will be back soon look in the back seat make sure your kid's not back there the hell is wrong with you leaving your kid in the car that kid could grow up to to play golf at augusta if that kid knows condy rice good night